Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? You ready? I was born ready. Alrighty then. Hold on to your butt. For more than five years, they've been entertaining you with their discussions on classic films, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. Did we just become best friends? Yep! Now, in a time of gatekeepers and toxic fandom, they are waving the banner of inclusion, opening the conversation, and letting all perspectives be heard. Welcome to the party, pal! Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Fascinating. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I want to remind you that life is like a game of Monopoly. No one cares about the rules until a fight breaks out. So... I'm doing things a little bit different this week. I'm the only one here. I'm doing a solo episode, and forgive me of the audio quality because I'm recording it with my phone instead of my usual setup at home in my closet with my mic and everything because if I had to do it that way, it would be next week before I would be able to get this out, and I wanted to get it out to you uh, today. So this is something that I've thought about doing for a while because I have a busy work schedule. I'm pretty much working two full-time jobs right now. And uh, the fact that we we kind of uh, split our time between a few different shows. You know, I do this show. We also do Star Trek All Access. And I also do the Mayberry Files. Um, and because of that, we haven't been able to get out a whole lot of episodes of Cosmic Potato lately. Uh, thankfully, I still have a few panels from At Home Con that I haven't released yet as podcast episodes and I'm going to be doing that over the next few weeks but I thought that uh, maybe once a month or every couple weeks I might put out a solo episode where it's just me talking and uh, kind of I don't know if if I'm going to be good at it (laughs) I don't know if it's something you guys are going to want to hear but we never know you know if we don't try so every so often I'm going to wax poetic with my thoughts give you some movie news uh, stories that I that I find uh, and I'll talk about a topic. I'd love for you guys to give me some ideas of topics that you'd like to hear me talk about. Uh, I had a suggestion on Facebook to talk about time travel. So I think this week I'll talk about my favorite time travel TV shows and movies, which we did an episode a few years ago. I think it's way back there, like episode 17 or something like that. We talked about time travel movies with uh, Chris DeFilippis and Skipper Martin. It was the first time that Chris was on the show. And let me tell you how great this podcasting thing is for me because, as you know, as far as meeting people, because Chris was one of the hosts of the name of the podcast was 112263 and Event Podcast. And it was one of my go-to shows because I was a big fan of that book, 112263 by Stephen King, and I was following the show that was the adaptation of that book, and it had James Franco in it, and I like the show. Some people don't like it, but I thought it was pretty good. 
I was actually kind of nervous when I asked them to come on Cosmic Potato because I looked at my show as being small potatoes, and I still do, <laughs> because it is. But now Chris is a good enough friend that I can message him randomly and say, hey, you want to record a show in an hour? And, you know, most of the time he'll be there, and it's great. Uh, but before I start talking about time travel movies, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the news at least the entertainment stuff. If you let me go on a tirade about the real news, then we'll be here for four hours. <laughs> so the coronavirus pandemic has changed a lot of stuff when it comes to movies. Recently, Hamilton was released on Disney+. Plus. That was originally planned to be put out in theaters next year. But all of the film companies are starting to struggle because the theaters are closed and they don't have any content to put out. So they're having to make the tough decision to either put, to, you know, put their things out in different ways. That's why we started to see a lot of things uh, being released on streaming platforms. I love the fact that Hamilton was put on Disney+. Plus. I've wanted to see Hamilton for a really long time. Every time it comes near me, I live in Birmingham. I think it actually came to Birmingham one time, but you had to get the tickets through a lottery system. I didn't make it. Uh, it came to Atlanta. It was sold out. As soon as the tickets went on sale, it was sold out. So I've never been able to see it live. And I, I've only been to New York once. I don't see myself getting to New York, you know, for one of their Broadway shows anytime soon. So for the time being, this is the only way that I was going to get to see it. And I've, I've always wanted to see it. So I don't really have the live version to compare it to, but I can tell you that this, the version that they put on Disney plus is fantastic. Uh, I don't think that there's that much lost in translation from the stage to screen. As a matter of fact, I can see that there are artistic choices in the way that they filmed it. that really added to it because there were some close ups, there were some camera angles that you don't get in a you know when you're watching a stage performance, so uh, I think that probably added to it. Now the way that I did watch it was not on my television. I watched it. Uh, my birthday was July the fourth, and this was released on Disney Plus on July the third. So as my birthday party, my wife she set the living room up as a movie theater because. You know, during the pandemic, we haven't been to the movies a lot, and going to the movies is one of my favorite things. So she set that up, and the projector pretty much took up an entire wall of our living room. So we had about a hundred inch screen that we watched uh, Hamilton on, and it was it was pretty awesome. It almost felt like we were watching it live anyway. Uh, so I do recommend watching. Hamilton on Disney Plus. If you've never seen the play and you're afraid of watching it uh, on some kind of a streaming service rather than watching it live, don't worry about that. You're, you'll you'll enjoy it. But a lot of distributors have decided to put their content out on video on demand for you to watch. You know, for a fee, a, because they already had all these movies ready to go. They had already spent a ton of money to promote the movies before the pandemic started. And then all of a sudden they had to deal with the fact that theaters were closing all over the place. So it's either inject another huge sum of money into promoting these movies again in a few months or even a year from now, or they can put the movie out where people can see it now. 
So we've had Trolls World Tour, uh, The Invisible Man, Irresistible, The King of Staten Island. They all got released on video on demand. And no, you're not going to see them for, you know, the normal $7 that you would regularly rent a movie for. You're going to pay like $20. But you can have as many people watch it as you want. So if you want to have a big movie night and have a, have a, you know, I don't recommend having a ton of people over to your house, but, you know, have the entire family in the living room watch the movie together. You're going to spend 20 bucks on it. Whereas if you took that same family to the theater, you spend a lot more than 20 bucks. You know, 20 bucks would only get like two of you in. So, and you know, you can pause the movie as much as you need to go to the bathroom, whatever, and you got whatever snacks you want and you don't have to pay lots and lots and lots of money for popcorn. <laughs> so they announced this week that Bill and Ted Face the Music is going to do this. They're going to put the movie out into the theaters that are open, but they're also going to put the movie out on demand the same day. And I think that's fantastic because this is a movie that I've really wanted to see. I'm not somebody that's going to go to the theater right now because I... I'm trying to limit my exposure as much as possible and going to the movies. It's just not something I'm doing right now. Uh, if I can watch it at home, then that's a great choice. I won't pay $20 for all those titles that I named earlier. Uh, I did pay $20 to see the invisible man just because, you know, I, I, I like the idea of watching a movie that was in the theater the week before. And so I paid 20 bucks and I watched that, but I will pay 20 bucks to watch Bill and Ted uh, because I've been waiting to see that movie for a while and the every time they release a trailer it looks a little bit better so <laughs> uh, of course there are movies that I only want to watch on a big screen uh, Wonder Woman 84 any MCU movie any Star Wars movie you know that's not something I'm going to want to watch for the first time on my TV uh, whether or not I get to see them in the theater just depends on when they decide to release them because if they release them and the pandemic's still going on then I'm not going to see it uh, fortunately there are a lot of drive-in theaters that are popping up over the past few years uh, so that's another option and I have a drive-in theater not far from my house that was actually closed for a couple of years but finally opened back up in the last month and right now they're showing some older stuff like they've been showing Jurassic Park and they've been showing Iron Man and things like that but that's because a lot of stuff hasn't been coming out so when new movies start being released then the drive-in will be an option for me to go and see some of this stuff and still be able to see it on a big screen and the sound is pretty good because it's piped in through the radio of your car so but anyway I want to talk about time travel today the, the thing about time travel movies is that there can be any number of ways of doing the thing that causes the characters to move through time. It can be a device that's specifically meant for, you know, for that specific thing, like in the time machine, or it can be that a person just becomes unstuck in time, like in the Slaughterhouse Five. So I'll talk about some of my favorite um, movies and shows that go along with those different aspects, those different kinds of time travel stories. So first will be the time machine stories. 
these are movies where a character uses some kind of technology that is designed to move a person through time. Of course, I'd have to say that my favorite of those would be the Back to the Future trilogy. Admittedly, a lot of that has to do with my age. I'm 43. And the fact that they were so prominent while I was growing up. I love those movies. And if you take all three of them as one story, then they run the gambit of the best of time travel. Because the first one is a great, simple time travel story where a kid travels back to the 50s. It's a story that's been told before. And it's been told since. Uh, It even had the old trope of the kid being friends with a professor, you know, uh, Doc Brown. And it did a great job of mixing science fiction with just the right amount of comedy and action and made a film that's one of my favorites. But then when they did the second one, it was a lot more science fiction than the first one because they they said at the end of the first one that, you know, we're going to go to the future. So when they made the second one, they had to do the future. But and they got to play with the idea of what the town would look like 30 years later. But they they did a lot of that in the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie deals with alternate timelines and going back to the first movie, retelling things from a different perspective. And then you had the third one. Part three is the only one that I actually got to see in the theater. But they really went hard with time travel and took them back to the old west I have a soft spot for part three. I think it's great. And the scene at the end where they're trying to get the train to push the car and make it up to 88 miles an hour is one of my favorite film scenes ever. So, uh, of course, another good example of purposeful uh, time travel is Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, it's it's a great time travel movie. It's it's a great Star Trek movie. And I'm probably biased since I'm enough of a Star Trek fan to host a podcast about Star Trek. But either way, I'm adding it to the list. There's no time machine in this movie, but they did travel through time on purpose. They did a maneuver around the sun that we've seen them do before on the series. And they traveled back in time to 1986 to get a couple of humpback whales to take them to the future. So it sounds stupid. If you've never seen it before, you're going to say, that just sounds stupid. But it really is a great film. It's funny. It has suspense and action. It's great. The only problem is that it's part of the Star Trek trilogy, which is Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home. Those three movies kind of go together. So there's stuff that happens in four that you don't really understand if you don't watch the other two. But if you're a Star Trek fan, then you've probably seen all those. So... I, yeah, watch Star Trek 4. Watch it again. You know, it's, it's, it's a great time travel movie. Then there's the stuff that I like where the time travel just kind of happens. It might be explained, but the why of it is not so much the, the point of the show. Like in Quantum Leap, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. The reason Sam is time traveling is because he's part of a science experiment, but the whole thing went a little caca, as they say in the show. He's not in control of where he's going. He's taking over a person's identity in the past. It's a great way to do a show every week that can be done in a different time period and dealing with a whole, with different stories and different characters. They don't have to invest a ton of money into special time travel effects. They spend a lot of their budget on, you know, essentially making a period piece every week. Uh, 
the last season went a little crazy with the special leaps like Lee Harvey Oswald and Elvis. But for the most part, it was a it was a really good time travel show. Another one that I liked was Journeyman. Uh, this one is one that you'll have to take a deep dive online to find because it was canceled after the first season. I think they only did like 14 episodes or something like that. I really liked it because it was a lot like Quantum Leap in that the guy was being pulled back in time to help someone. But he wasn't becoming another person. He was himself when he got there. And he would move back and forth in time in the episode. It's not like he went back in time and he stayed there the entire episode until he fixed something. He would go back. He would be introduced to some mystery. And then he might come into the future and work on that mystery. He might uh, he might look up the people in the present that he saw in the past and he might, you know, solve the, solve the case that way. He was a reporter in his job. So, uh, he would have access to a lot of records and things like that. So they played around with a few ideas, like the fact that he didn't know when it was going to happen. Uh, so there was one episode where he was out with his son and he just vanished, and he left. His, he left a kid abandoned, and then and then once he uh, dropped his iPhone while he was in the past, and when he got back to the present, technology had advanced way beyond where it had been when he left. So I always thought that show had a lot of potential, but you know, network television doesn't always give you the chance to world build the way that it once did. You pretty much have to hit the ground running. And get the numbers and, you know, hope that you make it. So there's a lot of other things in this area. To tell you the truth, I really enjoy a time travel story where there's no immediate explanation to why it happened. So I'm one of the few men that will tell you that he enjoyed the time traveler's wife. So <laughs> I never read the book, but I was intrigued with the story of a man that just seems to come unglued from his time and he just kind of bounces around. He knows that things are going to happen because he's already been there. He knows how he's going to die because he's already seen it. It's a very interesting story, even if it wasn't necessarily a very entertaining one. It was kind of a slow movie. So if that's not your bag, then you might not like it. Another one that I love is a romantic comedy from 2013 called About Time. This stars Domhnall Gleeson. Uh, Rachel McAdams and Bill Nighy. It's about a guy that finds out that all the men in his family have the ability to travel through time. Kind of like a time-traveling teen wolf thing. You know, the men of your family have this ability. So he can pretty much go as far back into the past as he wants up until his birth. But all, and all he has to do to get there is just concentrate. <laughs> but he has to be careful about what he does that can affect things. Like, cause there's one, one point in the movie where he goes back to change something for his sister. And when he comes back to the present, his, his own son is now a daughter. So he realizes that he can never go back in time beyond the point where his children were born because it might affect their existence. So it's very interesting. And there's also a whole romance that goes along with it. He's able to keep going back and doing a date over and over again until he, he gets it to go well. Um, also, along the lines of unexplained time travel, you have Hot Tub Time Machine. So when I 
saw it, I thought it was, it was going to be the dumbest thing ever. But what it actually is is a comedy that pokes fun at a lot of the tropes of time travel. And I, I think the second one goes even harder into it with alternate timelines and all that kind of stuff. So they are stupid comedies. Don't get me wrong, but they're also very, very good. And then the last sort of compartment of time travel movies that I like are the repeat variety. These are movies where there's a character that is living the same moment or the same day over and over again. There's times when it can be played up as a drama. Uh, there was a TV movie that came out in the 90s called 1201 that starred Jonathan Silverman. He got caught up in a science experiment that made him rewind back to the beginning of the day, every day, every night at midnight. And then, uh, you know, Tom Cruise made a great sci-fi action film called Edge of Tomorrow back in 2014 that uses this idea. And again, it has a science fiction reasoning for it, but essentially he's living the same time over and over again, and he's trying to find out what's causing it. And he's able to get closer and closer because whenever he dies, he starts all over. So all he has to do is not go the route that killed him, and it's kind of like a video game that way. So if you could start over every time that you made a mistake, then eventually you'd be pretty near perfect. I think that movie was marketed as live, die, repeat in some parts of the world, and at least the last I heard, they were supposed to be making a sequel to it, but it's not going to have Tom in it. It's, it's just going to focus on Emily Blunt's character, and she was also in that movie. More often, this plot device is used for comedies. Most famously would probably be Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Admittedly, I've not watched that movie in at least 20 years, so I'm foggy on some of the details. But it's the first movie that I remember seeing that worked with that trope. And then every movie that's done it since then have been accused of copying Groundhog Day, which I don't think is really fair to say because... Every movie can kind of be accused of copying something, you know, nothing new under the sun and all that. Happy Death Day does this, but it's one of those uh, Bloomhouse comedy horror movies with a tiny budget. So, you know, your, your mileage may vary. I enjoyed it. I like the sequel, too, but not as much. In, in this series, there's a girl that's essentially doing the same thing, but this time there's a serial killer on the loose and she's one of his targets. So not only is she trying to figure out why she's repeating the same day over and over, she's also trying to catch her own murderer at the same time. Which brings me to the end of my list, a list that I could probably go on building for days, but I've got to stop at some point. <laughs> you guys don't want to hear me just go on and on for an hour, but I actually watched a movie last night that belongs on this list that is pretty much brand new. If you like this kind of stuff, then check out Palm Springs on Hulu. It stars Andy Samberg. He's repeating the same day over and over. It happens to be a day that he's going to a wedding, so we see wedding reception scenes over and over again. The thing I like about this is that it doesn't try to come up with an explanation. He just starts doing the repeat by going into a cave that pulled him back to the beginning of the day. We never find out how that cave came to be. We never find out exactly how long he's been in the loop, but we kind of get the sense that it's been a very, very long time. And I thought it was a really funny movie. Um, time travel is almost secondary to the story. There's a lot of comedy. There's some romance in it as well. So 
check that out. It's on Hulu, so check it out. It's called Palm Springs. Well, I think I've gone on for long enough. I, I hope you guys enjoyed this little experiment. I plan to do more of it. Why not? I've got plenty to say, so why not put it out on the feed? If you want to make a comment, you want to tell me about your favorite time travel movie or show or tell me how I did, you know, send me a message on Facebook by looking up our group. Just search for Cosmic Potato Network or you can send us an email to CosmicPotatoPod at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, guys. I will talk to you next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Thank you for joining us. You can contact us by joining our Facebook group, following us on Twitter, or sending an email to CosmicPotatoPod at gmail.com. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. Be sure to join us again next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.